Welcome to the podcast. We do recover with Jared Miller, your host. And I'm Dr. Terry Sellers, your co-host. This is a podcast about addiction, but more importantly, about recovery. We want to talk about what successful recovery can look like. Brought to you by Steps Recovery Centers. Good morning, listeners. Super excited you're listening to podcast two of We Do Recover. This morning, we got Darcy Collings for episode two. Super excited to get this guest on, hear her story. Before that, though, let's do a little, let's do a little check-in. Dr. Terry Sellers, how are we doing Good morning. this morning? Hello, everybody. How's life? So, Dr. Sellers is Skyping in from, where are you at? Oh, I'm in, uh, I'm at Journey Treatment Center, believe it or not. Nice. Nice. Just doing the rounds, actually huh? actually at work right now, so I had to take a little time out. <laughs> I love it. Sean, what's yep. going on, brother? How hey. are you? Made it. It's a, it's a holiday today, and we're all here. That's right. That's right. And of course, Darcy, thank you for being our guest. How are you doing? Where are you, where are you Skyping in from, Darcy? I am Skyping in from my apartment, actually. Nice. Location-wise. In good old West, in West Jordan. Good old West Jordan. West Jordan, Utah. All right. Mm-hmm. So, well, to kick this thing off, we came out with a hotline number. So that's the call in for any questions you have, any comments, any ideas you want to hear on future episodes. That number is 801-410-0676. And we actually had a caller call in from Nebraska, and she had a question. So let's go ahead and get it. Dr. Sellers, are you ready? I think so. Here we go. Uh Uh-oh. Hang on. It's okay. <laughs> we don't have it. I can basically uh, recite the question, I believe. We got it. We got it. Okay. All right. I just got to connect. Technical difficulties. Did it get disconnected? Well, I put it on airplane mode so I wouldn't be getting a, you know. Oh, you turn on air. Oh, you did that after you connected because you'd go on airplane mode after, and then it just turns off everything. So. Yeah. Oh, why, why do we test everything before? I don't know, man. Come on. I don't know. <laughs> Hey, Jared, don't push any more buttons. I know, right? Get your hands off of the buttons. Okay, well. Hey, I have a question while you're trying to cue that up. Go ahead. I have a statement and a question. Darcy, you're our first actual official guest. How does it feel to be number one? (laughs) Sounds pretty fantastic, actually. You are seriously number one right now. We had a. Fa- no, I think I, I think I bothered Jared a little bit, put myself in that position. Good for you. I like not it. All, not at all. I'm glad you're here. Absolutely. Okay, I think for- we're ready. Okay, go ahead. This is Jessica. I'm calling from Omaha, Nebraska. Hey, I have a question for Dr. Sellers. I absolutely love the podcast and what you guys are doing. Um, my question is, what is the best way to confront a family member that I believe may or may not have a substance abuse issue? Thanks so much. All right. Well, that's a beautiful question. Thanks for listening, and thanks for the nice things you had to say about the podcast. I would say there's a number of things you do when you confront a family member that you think might have addiction issues. The very first is you got to stay calm no matter what. It may escalate. The point is you have to remain calm, okay? 
And then number two is you want to talk to that family member about your feelings because that's something they cannot argue with. Okay, they can argue with facts, they can argue with, but they can argue with your feelings. So let them know how the things you are seeing make you feel. Third is, and I think this is really important, try to catch them, if you're going to confront them, try to catch them when they're not high or drunk because that's just not going to work. So if you can, you know, like a lot of times, first thing in the morning, people aren't high necessarily yet or... Uh, if you know a time, like maybe they're coming home from work and they haven't used or drank that day yet, that's a really important thing uh, as well. And then um, lastly, I think that, um, well, I think it's, I think it's, this isn't the last one. This is the one I already talked about. But I think really importantly is to remain calm and tell them your feelings, but be really factual. Just tell them what you see and uh, don't really get into an argument with them. Just tell them the things you see and feel. And I, I think those three things are really key. Listen, you're probably gonna have to confront them over and over. It's very rare that a person with addiction issues is going to just roll over and say, you're right, the first time. Um, keep with it, stay on it, and then um, set some boundaries and consequences. Say, listen, I'm no longer willing to do this in your life if you keep using drugs or alcohol. Maybe it's you can no longer be around my kids when you're using drugs or alcohol or whatever those boundaries are. Set those because that will help them see what they're doing to you and maybe push them to treatment quicker. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you, Dr. Sellers. Appreciate that. Thank you, Jessica. We appreciate all the callers. Again, that number is 801-410-0676. Call in with any questions, comments, recommendations for future episodes. Let's get to the meat and potatoes, episode 002. We got Darcy Collings here. Darcy, let's get it. Tell us about your beautiful life in recovery today. What does that look like? Thank you so much for having me on, you guys. So I have been in recovery. It'll be seven years on the 15th of next month. And my life today is incredible. Um, I'm living a life that I imagined I could live. Um, I have a 15-year-old daughter who, um, I'll get a little bit more into that part of this story, but I don't have parental rights to her, and I get her 50% of the time, and I still don't have rights to her, and I am her hero, and... Um, and our relationship is so amazing. I, uh, I'm working for a treatment center. I am the admissions manager for a treatment center. And so I get to help those that are struggling find treatment and help find healing. I about a month ago and uh, he and I have actually started a business. We started a business in March called D&D Fitness and Nutrition. Um, I love it. Gosh, what up? Yeah, I have never, I can honestly tell you, um, in these seven years in recovery, I have lived more life than I had previously. <laughs> I mean, obviously, you know, while I was using and stuff, but um, like even just adventures, um, like going in, exploring Utah. Um, I had never explored Utah before. I lived my life in 
so much fear and social anxiety and and so I never did anything fun I was too afraid all the time and um, I'm also in um, for my psychology degree which is pretty incredible Congratulations. so yeah my life is amazing and busy and just wonderful I'm so happy today I love it tell tell our listeners about the the business that you started I know that I see, I follow you on social media, right? I see you do a lot of posts around fitness, around working out, you know, you're holding up two bags of different things and you're saying, you know, this has so many calories and this is, that. I mean, I, it's amazing and I love it. Please share. Yeah. Thank you. So really what started that was, um, about a year ago, I had just like put my health and my appearance and everything on back burner. It was more. I was an executive director at a women's treatment center and my life revolved around that job and um, my recovery and my daughter, right? And so my boyfriend, who is um, incredibly passionate and amazing with nutrition and fitness, he had, he had sat me down because I, I get a cholesterol test last year, which really um, really old. I was like, I'm not old enough to need my cholesterol checked, but it was really scary high. Uh. And, um, he was like, Darcy, we need to do something about, and I struggled, I've struggled with an eating disorder for most of my life. And so I was kind of afraid to, to go down that road of fixing my food and, um, working out because I get very, very obsessive and it, and that still had me a little bit of fear that I would fall back into that disorder and he was like no it, it doesn't have to be like that and yeah. it started just kind of adjusting my food to a place where it didn't suck right like I wasn't just eating chicken and broccoli every day um but there were other alternatives right and so through the nutrition I've been able to lose 45 pounds congratulations um, but not That's only awesome. that I've been working Thank you. Yeah. And, and I did it. It was really slow and I had to be really patient with myself through that process. The addict that I am, of course, I want it all right now. I, I want results right now. And, and so that, it's been a, a pretty incredible process and incredible journey. And I've been able to, so we power lift, um, which is something I never thought I'd ever be interested in. Um, you know, like that back squatting and deadlifting things like that been stronger physically in yeah. the entire life yeah dr sellers does a lot of power so, lifting right dr sellers you're a competitive power lifter yeah i think i lift the uh, egg mcmuffin from the table to my mouth <laughs> i've about, actually witnessed that yeah i'll bet you have <laughs> foods is food, food is important to me <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, food is important to me. Too. I know. I get it. I don't and, mean. And I, I, get, mean I get to eat. I know. I know. Awesome. So, so that's really what, what started this. Uh, and, and giving others just that guidance in that direction. And, and not just with food and nutrition, but, you know, showing others their own strength and their own worth. Um, my worth was always based on my appearance, you know, all of the surface stuff and, and really helping them find really self-confidence, right? Hormones are leveled. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Right. When you can help people find self-confidence, it's a game changer for them. It is such a game changer and I feel good. I feel 
feel I'm almost well I'm almost 40 because I actually just turned 39 so let's stay in 30s but um, I've never healthier than I today that's awesome and I, and I want to show people how to do that mm-hmm. that's awesome you guys are listening to Darcy Collins story of recovery this podcast is brought to you by steps recovery centers where addiction ends and healing begins all right, Darcy, take us into, and let's get Dr. Sellers uh, chiming in on this, your DOC, right? So you've shared what you're doing today in recovery. It's beautiful. I love it. You're an entrepreneur. You're working in recovery, helping other people out. You're helping people find, you know, their passion and, and their fitness. Take us into, you know, the beginning. The beginnings. I was 20 and I had just given birth to my beautiful daughter, Harley, and um, the the birth, it, everything was great. Um, the nurse had brought in a pain pill for me, and um, I I was, most of my life I've been really afraid of taking pills um, because I, I have a lot of panic attacks and anxiety, and I told her I didn't need it, and she said, no, you're going to want this, and so I took that pain pill, and like my 24 years of self-hatred um like I, I just remember 15 minutes after i was thinking oh i have arrived like i can do life uh, and and it was just that one pain pill um from then on it it spiraled me into an eight-year cycle of i want to say just pain pills but it was everything and anything i could get my hands on um it, it took took eight years so Pills, meth, heroin, alcohol, uh, a lot of doctor prescribed medications that I had been given. I was given Adderall, benzos, um, antipsychotics, stabilizers, and 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 this was that eight years of. Had, I mean, man, it was it was an awful dark, dark time. But that's really what started me. Yeah. Off into my active addiction. Um, I want to say it was just that pill, but you know, most of my life, like I said earlier, um, I've struggled with an eating disorder, so other self-defeating behaviors, right? A lot of self-hatred, um, and that pill fixed me yeah. in that moment. It all falls under the umbrella of mental health, right? Whether it's an eating disorder, whether it's a gambling addiction, and that's important. I want to point that out real quick. However, let's, Doctor Sellers, educate us on what happens inside the brain that makes us go man, I felt something that I've never felt before. The addiction starts and it kind of starts to spiral. Like, what is it? Educate our listeners on what is it that is so attractive about it or how do we lose people in it so fast? Yeah, we might have to, we might have to do a full episode on this because this is quite a, quite a ordeal, but, um, and maybe one of my favorite topics. But if you remember my story from last week, it was the same exact thing, right? Like I took my first pain pill dilated and kind of almost had this religious spiritual experience sort of. Mm -hmm. Um, But what happens is there is a chemical released in our midbrains and our midbrain is a very primitive part of our brain. There's a chemical release called dopamine and dopamine is a chemical which we experience as pleasurable. So everything in your life that you do that is pleasurable happens, you feel it as pleasure because your midbrain releases dopamine when that activity is happening. Like eating a piece of chocolate cake. Yeah. Okay. So all of the drugs of abuse 
release dopamine in the midbrain. And they release those drugs, they release that dopamine in amounts that are much higher than any normal activity that we can do. So our brains experience those drugs as pleasurable. Now, I think everyone's brain is a little bit different, which is why people have different drugs of choice and that sort of thing. But, you know, I, I, I have mentioned this multiple times in the past, just not on this podcast yet, but I have a lot of people that come up and say, well, how, like, how do you do that? Every time I take a Lortab, I throw up. Well, congratulations, because that didn't release very much dopamine in your midbrain if you're throwing up. For me, it didn't do that. For Darcy, it doesn't sound like it did that at all. Like she didn't throw up, she felt pretty good and felt she had arrived. So uh, that's really a very quick summary of what happens in the brain is massive amounts of dopamine are released and that feels good to us. And I just want to chime in real quick. We're not trying to glorify it, right? We're trying to, listeners, if you're listening to this, just really kind of be self-aware. And if you take a medication and you get some type of euphoric feeling, uh, your first reaction is going to be more. Um, but hopefully the logics, the logic side of your brain can pump the brakes and go, Hey, this is the, this is the introduction to what could become an addiction, which is a scary thing. Darcy's that well, kind of, the, sorry. Uh, let me just chime in real quick. And the one problem with that whole thing is if you take a substance, then that releases more dopamine than anything else you can do in your life, then those things start to become unimportant. And now you live for nothing other than drugs, Great, right? Point. If you, all your other activities that used to bring you pleasure and be fun, don't release that much dopamine. And so nobody wants to do those things anymore. So it kind of totally takes over and ruins your life for everything except the drug. And that's not life. Like Darcy can tell us what life is right now because you can look at, and I want to comment on Darcy too, by the way, I've known her for quite a while. And um, Darcy looks so good today. And I will, I'm not talking about the necessarily even the physical transformation. I'm talking about look at her face and her eyes and the brightness and the, and the, and the things that you see in her face. That's life. Absolutely. You look in the face of a drug addict and there's no life there at all. That's all death. Yeah. We can all remember those days, those dark times. So Darcy, bring us, bring us to the point where you started off with a pain pill, giving birth to your daughter started to spiral out of control. This podcast isn't really about war story and a drug journaling, but take us into the transformation where you realized, okay, enough is enough. And you started to move into recovery. What did that look like? Like, did you have to take some jobs that you weren't exactly super excited about? What were maybe some of the triggers? Uh, can you, can you share that with the, the listeners? Absolutely. Um, so like I said, seven years ago, uh, next month is my sobriety birthday. Um, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So I spent about, it was about nine months doing treatment. So I was in, it was steps recovery center for 92 days. And then I did sober living and outpatient for six months after that, um, in pace in Utah. And at that time, um, when I was in outpatient, I had to get a job, you know, to pay for my sober living. And so I was on the bus from Payson to Provo at 6 a.m. every morning in the winter, a mile and a half to work every morning, and then doing that every day, five days a week, you know, to get to IOP, um, I would have to rush to the bus stop. And and that's what my life looked like for about six months, which was incredibly humbling and a time that I will always 
honestly cherish. I mean, it really showed me what I'm capable of doing and um, how hard I was willing to fight for my life and uh, for my future. When I left treatment, I moved in with my dad and um, I got a job. It was a very part-time job working at a gas station uh, for minimum wage. And again, this was very humbling because before my addiction, I was working in uh, the mortgage industry and I, I made, you know, I did, did really well for myself, made pretty good money. And so it was really humbling to do that job. But actually, I look back and that was the funnest job that, that I have had um, at that time. It was actually quite perfect for me. It kept me in a very present place, a very living, very simple um because I, I tend to go to a place of, I mean, it's almost a manic place of like, I need the amazing job and I need a car and I, all of these things. I need my life to look like it did before I started using. And so it was really quite perfect um, to be in that, in that place. Um, it was probably about 18 months when I started my first job in the treatment industry. And I had gotten a job as a case manager at an outpatient facility. Um, since then, I haven't looked back. I, that's where my passion lies, is, is helping, helping those that struggle find the life that I found today and give back what I've been given. And so that brings me today as the admissions manager at Maple Mountain Recovery. That's amazing. That's amazing. We all have uh, similar, similar stories. And, you know, like Terry shared last week, or Dr. Sellers shared last week, that he, you know, he had to take a job scooping cookies at eight bucks an hour. I had to take a job mm -hmm. working temp jobs before I even got a full-time job working as a janitor, right? We've all, we've all been there. So thank you for sharing that vulnerable ability uh, of yeah. where really where it started and what you've been able to make of it today. So Sean, thank you. I'm, I'm, go ahead. I'm truly. Yeah. Thank you, Sean. Let's bring, let's bring a, I'm going to use a label here, a normian on a normian. This. Did you ever have to work some, some jobs to get to the position you're at where you're the, nothing like you guys. I mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I had uh, a lot of free internships. So I was slave labor for other radio stations and uh, to get where I'm at, I did a whole lot of traveling around the country and had a job here for a year and a half and got fired or let go and pack up and move and move, go to Minnesota go to Seattle, go to Elko you know, all right. over the place. And then it took a while to get to this point. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I love, I like throwing Sean in every once in a while because it really just gives everybody the, the understanding that everybody starts somewhere, right? If you're listening to this and you've never had a substance abuse or chemical problem or an addiction, you can still find a way to relate. So awesome. Dr. Sellers, you got any, any questions for Darcy? You want to throw some curveballs at her? Sure, I got some curveballs, um, but they're not that. I mean, it's not going to be tough because it's Darcy's story. But what what happened that made you decide this is no longer for me? The drugs and the alcohol. Where what was maybe that turning point for you? So the last six months um, while I was out, I was living in my car, and I remember just praying daily, God, please just let me die if I have to live another life like or another day like I did today, and. And I could just feel like my soul just breaking. Um, it, I finally got arrested after the eight-year run that I was on. I finally got arrested, and I had felt so much peace while I was sitting 
handcuffed in the back of that cop car and and I didn't know that I was going to seek recovery at that moment um but I think it was that piece that I had felt like okay um like I got got like and and I think that's the point is where I was ready to kill myself and and I knew I didn't want to die but I couldn't keep living like that I you know I think that's a really important to to hear uh, one of the things Jared said earlier is one one of our goals in this podcast is not to glorify the use of drugs and to tell war stories and that sort of stuff but listen to what Darcy just said she felt peace handcuffed in the back seat of a police car she felt better than she had felt in a long time that's Beautiful. how drugs end up Yep. Like you may get a bunch of dopamine in the Thank beginning, but if you end, you are handcuffed in the back of a Help us spread Thank our you for taking us away with that, Dr. Like, Sellers. Comment Sorry. and share. You're good. You Thank you so much. Or ideas for Darcy, future. thank you for coming on. Thanks, guys. That Facebook page is We Do Recover with Jared Miller. If you or a loved one needs help, please reach out to us. Again, thank you for listening. Brought to you by Steps Recovery Centers. This has been a production from a podcast studio.